You're listening to Time in the Word. Paul wrote Galatians to combat false teaching. Somehow the apostle got news of the trouble and he wrote to call the churches back to the true gospel that he had originally delivered. He founded the churches in Galatia himself and was particularly attached to them. In most of Paul's letters, we typically find some praise of the recipients before dealing with the subject of the letter. Paul did not do that here. He immediately jumps into the matter at hand. Perhaps because Paul was so intensely concerned about the matter of gracious salvation in Christ and about the violent attacks on the gospel being made by the Judaizers. Galatians is the only one of his epistles that gives no word of commendation to its readers. When the gospel is at stake, there is no time for pleasantries. After a brief salutation, the apostle immediately states the problem that prompted the letter. Today, Dr. Gonzalez will be looking at verses 6 through 9 of Galatians chapter 1. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his expository study of Paul's epistle to the Galatians. Galatians chapter 1 and verses 6 through 10, Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned, as we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Um, As mentioned during the last uh, message, in most of Paul's letters, we find some praise of the recipients before he gets into the subject matter of the letter. That was very typical of Paul's epistles. Paul didn't do that here with the Galatians. He immediately jumps right into the matter at hand. It was that important. When the gospel is at stake, at least the sense we get from Paul, there are no time for pleasantries. The issue must be dealt with. And that is what Paul does here. Notice verse 6, he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Let's kind of look at that verse and start breaking it down into pieces to see what it is that Paul is insisting here and informing us here. And remember that though this epistle is written to a, a, a number of churches in, a t- in time and space, in history, they are nonetheless God's word written to us as well. What was an issue then is an issue today. The advice offered then is the advice he would give us today. This is the Word of God, and God speaks to the church in all ages. The believers at Galatia had accepted a doctrine that was contrary, or were in the process of accepting a doctrine that was contrary to the gospel 
of Christ. Paul is astonished, and we'll look at that word in a moment, but he was astonished at their failure to hold the line on what he had personally taught them and that they were now accepting false doctrine from the Judaizers who had come to Galatia after Paul had left. Now you notice the word deserting, that word comes from uh, a Greek word which means to change, to remove, to fall away, to, to turn away from something, changing sides. And deserting is actually a good translation because the word was first used in a military sense or in a military context when speaking of traitors or turncoats. Later it was used to describe anybody who converted from one religion or one philosophy to another one. The Galatians were essentially betraying the allegiance, their allegiance to Jesus Christ and going over to the other side is what Paul intends to communicate here when he says that they were deserting the gospel. The gospel. What's the central issue here? The gospel. This is what the Galatians were giving up. Anybody that embraces any other gospel today the gospel is what they are giving up. Think about the implications, the ramifications, the consequences of that. That's why Paul has no time for pleasantries. He's talking about life and death issues, where a soul will spend eternity. The gospel is what the Galatians were giving up. To use the proper term for it, they were apostatizing. They were abandoning the only good news about the cross and the empty tomb. The good news of God's grace is the unmerited favor for undeserving sinners. And the gospel that Paul proclaimed is the gospel that proclaims that Jesus Christ died and rose again to save us from sin. That's what he tells us in, in, in his epistle to the Corinthian church. When the Galatians or any other person, past, present, or future, turn away from the gracious gospel, they're not just adopting a new philosophical position here. They're abandoning the only message that has within it the hope of salvation. They were not simply trading one set of ideas for another. No, Paul said to them, look at verse 6, you are so quickly deserting the one who called you. You see, when you abandon the gospel, you abandon God. Because it's in the gospel that God calls you. So they were abandoning the one who called them, meaning God himself. This put their betrayal in personal terms. They could not give up the gospel without giving up God himself. Think about, 
Think about it in present terms. Anybody giving up the gospel today or anybody who embraces any other gospel, which we'll get into in a moment, is no gospel at all, is in essence rejecting the very God who provides that gospel, that good news, through the atoning death of his precious son. And Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting. The word astonished means to be amazed. Paul was amazed at just how quickly the Galatians could be persuaded to change sides. And this was no uh, small matter. It was, note, the grace of Christ that they had rejected. No wonder Paul stood in amazement. You recall, and we have this told of us in, in, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 15, you would recall that the Galatians had readily and enthusiastically received the gospel of grace from Paul. In chapter 4, verse 15, Paul says, I can testify that if you had that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. And now a short time later, they are forsaking that gospel. They had been so appreciative of the message that as Paul says, they would have literally have done anything for Paul. Now they have rejected the whole package and embraced a, a works and law mixed mixture that Paul here describes as perverted. There's no gospel at all. And notice that he says he's amazed that the Galatians were quickly deserting, meaning it didn't take a great deal of time between the time that Paul had come and presented the gospel and they had wholeheartedly received it and the time the Judaizers had come and had started preaching a different gospel before they had started turning, rejecting the gospel of grace, rejecting the God who had called them, rejecting the only message of true salvation. They were moving away from grace and freedom, and they were moving towards legalism and bondage. It's amazing, even in our day, 21st century, America, how quickly folks will listen to false teachers and embrace their false doctrine. Paul tells us that the Galatians and we had been called into the grace of Christ but somehow the Judaizers had succeeded in leading them to abandon this salvation by grace and embrace what he says or what he calls in Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 a different gospel. We all know that there are certain things that we can disagree upon yet move forward in the cause of Christ. But there are certain things such as the gospel of grace, for which there is no middle ground. There is no compromising. Again, what's at stake here? Souls. Souls. There can 
B, no compromise as it pertains to the gospel. Because they had attempted to mix grace with the law and faith with works, they had abandoned the true gospel and embraced what called Paul, Paul called a different gospel. Look at verse 7, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Listen, the gospel is the very foundation of the Christian faith. When a man hears the message of salvation and embraces the message of, uh, 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 that message by placing their faith in Jesus Christ, they're banking their eternity on it, the message, the gospel, changing the message, changing the gospel of the grace of God results in sidetracking souls from, for whom Christ died. It's very interesting, and, and you normally wouldn't tell this by, by reading the English version, but if you look at verse 6 and verse 7, Paul uses the, the word different in both verses. What's interesting is that Paul is clearly choosing his words very carefully because the word translated different in verse 6 is a different Greek word from the word translated different in verse 7. Why the difference? Why did he choose to use two different Greek words in those two verses? Well, in verse 6, when Paul talked about a different gospel, he used the word heteros, and it means another of a different nature. We get terms like heterosexual from that word. In verse 7, he uses the Greek word alos, translated another, which means another of the same nature. What is Paul saying? He says that there is not an allos gospel. In other words, there is no other gospel of the same nature. When you change the message of the gospel, you've changed the nature of the gospel. And when you've changed the nature of the gospel, you no longer have gospel. They were removed from the gospel of the grace of God and they embraced another, of a different nature gospel that was not of the same kind. That's the difference in the words used in both verse 6 and 7. When the message is changed in any, in any way, it is no longer the same and it is no longer the gospel of the grace of God. They, their new theology was different in its very nature, from God's gospel of grace. Now, they could call it the gospel of Christ, right? We could call things whatever we want to call things. They could call it the gospel of Christ, but by its very nature, it was not the gospel of Christ. And isn't that the means of deception? 
Don't we use the same vocabulary? Aren't the nuances just slightly different? But when you sit down and you analyze what's actually being said, what you thought was said is not what was actually said. And what you now accepted may not be the thing that has the capacity or the ability to save yourself. Thus, no pleasantries. No time for pleasantries. It had been changed. It was another of a different kind. The Galatians abandoned liberty for legalism. The point is, is that there is no other way to be right with God is what Paul is arguing here. To experience forgiveness of sin apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ is impossible. It is difficult. And think about it today. And, you know, things really don't change that much. We just think they change because we grow older and we start paying attention to things we never paid attention when we were young. It is difficult for people to embrace the exclusivism of the gospel when they swim in a sea of religious pluralism, which is what we have today. It doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you're genuine, I'll see you there. Is that not what's taught? Is that not what all religions seem to imply? They may have a different route, but the end is the same. When it comes to securing eternal life, and I'm just repeating what the Word of God says. Only one path to God will do. Jesus is that path. He has no equal. He is not one among many religious leaders. He is the one and only Messiah. He says in verse 8 and 9, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. It's not often that you find Paul repeating himself immediately. And essentially reiterating so as to emphasize the point he just made previously. But you find that here. So serious is this matter that Paul pronounces a curse on the Judaizers and then immediately repeats himself. Twice he says to anyone who preaches any other gospel, let him be Anathema, eternally damned. Here's the, God, here's the preacher of the gospel of grace saying, let some be eternally damned. Hmm. It speaks of a person who is without hope and doomed to destruction. And then he says, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other, if anybody, even me, even an angel, anybody. There are no exclusions. Anathema on anybody.
who preaches any other gospel, even on himself. Do we understand the danger? What is religion? Listen to me. What is religion if it's not another gospel? If there is only one way, if the word of God is true, then anything other than the gospel presented to us in the word of God leads to eternal destruction. And anybody who propagates any religion different, with a gospel different in any way, is guilty of this anathema and is guilty of leading the souls who follow that theology and that doctrine and that different gospel to hell. 